Welcome to the Electrician Success Podcast. I'm Greg Allen, and this is your daily performance boost. If you're interested in signing up to the Electrician Success Academy, we've got an offer at the moment for anyone that listens to this podcast. Use the coupon code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all in capital letters, to get 10% off a lifetime, 10% off any of the memberships. So thanks again, and let's start this episode now. Hey, Rob, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on board today. G'day, how are you? Yeah, really good, man. So really excited because we're going to be talking about scaling your business from 1 million plus and going to that next level. You find a lot of people get stuck at that $1 million mark? Yeah, I do, mate. It's, um, I, I find it's a, it's a bit of an elusive barrier that um, I find a lot of tradespeople get, um, get stuck at and they, they have the ambition to, to get to the next level and, and grow and unlock more growth and unlock more profit and have more time freedom for themselves. But it's a, it's a common case that they get stuck between that one, one and a half, maybe $2 million mark and, and they don't know why and they don't understand how to get through. And, and I'm sure you've been there because I, I know your story as well. So yeah, it's gonna be exciting to, to talk more about that today and also hear a bit about what you, some of your journey as well. So Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. It's gonna be good. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do um, and what you do for the electrical industry at the moment. Yeah, so I run a, uh, a business coaching company and we, we specialize in helping uh, trades, construction and, and manufacturing uh, businesses yep. and electricians do uh, make up a fair core of our uh, client base. Um, majority of our clients are doing between one and three million, or, or three to five, and they're they're always looking for more ways to uh, to to build a bigger business. But more importantly, a lot of our clients are also looking at simultaneously having a, a more fulfilling family life as well. So yeah. I find that a lot of our clients are yeah they love their business, but the reason why they're in their business is not only a reflection of, of who they are, but they love their families and they're doing it for their family. So a lot of my clients are businessmen and, and family guys. And, and so I've got a, um, I'm based in Melbourne. Um, I've got a coaching team around me. Uh, one of them's down the peninsula in Melbourne and one's in, uh, in Newcastle and New South Wales. And, um, and so yeah, we, do, we do work across the trades and construction industry, but we still got a fair core of businesses in the electrical, in the electrical game. So Cool. Yeah, it's all fairly much the same when it comes to business and family life balance if that's the core reason they're doing it for so yeah yeah absolutely for sure cool all right well where would you like to kick off i'd like to know maybe some of the challenges that you find is a common trend with the electricians um or tradespeople in business that are stopping them from going to that next level yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good question and we, we might go back to a little bit about why I do what I do is and because I, whilst I've never run a, a, a trades business, is I, I know what it's like. The, I'm the product of a, of, a, of a businessman who did run a trades business and um, I understand the, the problems and the challenges that, that my clients go through and purely because I see a, a, lot, of my, a lot of a reflection of my dad in my, in my clients and mm. The challenges and the, the the pressures that they go through around the stress of business and growth and, and and financial implications and everything. Because when I was a young fella, I remember my 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 dad tried to run a fencing and gardening business, and he always used to say to us kids, "I'm I'm doing it for the family. I'm doing it for the family." But the 
the inefficient and the ineffective ways that he was running his business ultimately led to the demise of my fa- of the family. And uh, but it was a it was a it's probably a challenge in my life, but it's I know that it set me on the path that I am today, and it's um, it, it drives me to do what I do because to be honest, it it pains me when I see tradesmen doing what they're doing and and running their company the way that they do and they're doing it for their family but they don't realize how much um impact they're having on their family and i'm sure you see that a fair bit with with some of the people you know as well yeah 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 definitely i was i was sort of similar with my dad working away but it's so good that you've got that angle um coming into it because you understand if someone's talking about family you you're the the kid effectively so you're You've experienced the emotions that the kid's feeling growing up. Um, and, yeah, I think that's awesome to bring that into yeah, definitely. the coaching it, and process. It's, it's, it's a lot of it's, it what draw, as coaches, it, it's what drives us to do what we do because we see the impact that, that these tradies have, are having on their family when their family is the very thing that they're doing their business for. Yeah. And it drives us to to want to really help them and 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 make a difference in their lives. And I've been doing this for seven years now, and we've uh, and my team and I have helped over 150 trades and construction businesses around Australia. And um, and one of the biggest common things that we see is is they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they're frustrated, they they they've got lots of potential. Um, it's not like that there's an, a lack of opportunity to grow their business. It's just that they're stuck. They're working. 60 70 80 hours a week they've lost that connection potentially with their wife and or their partner and and that they're missing out on their kids they're feeling that guilt and all those types of things so it's i understand the emotions because i've been through it i've uh, i've been through it as a a young fella and i know the i know the damage that uh, my clients are doing to their kids when i first meet them when due to the inefficient ways they're running their company so it's the reason why we structure our coaching program like we do is because we want, not only want to help them unlock growth and profits, but more importantly, we want to have them have a fulfilling family life. So awesome. uh, that's why I do what I do. And um, but today I want to talk about those guys stuck at a million bucks because it's uh, it's it's a big it's a bit of a barrier that I see trades businesses get to and get stuck. So yeah. that's where I really want to focus on today. So. Cool. Looking forward to it. All right, let's get stuck into it then. So, do you have any questions to kick it off, or any points you want to bring up to start with? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I see in 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 trades businesses and especially electrical companies is they get stuck at that one to two million dollar mark. And one of the biggest reasons that they get stuck there is because they they know they want to get to the next level and they have the ambition of getting to the next level because they know that the next phase of growth for them is where they get more time and leverage and more profitability leverage. Mm. Because in the trades game, we know that it, you can earn anywhere between 10 and 15% net profit. Um, sometimes you can earn up to 20, maybe 25 if you're really lucky, if you're in a really high, highly niche market. But if you really think about it, if you're only doing a million bucks in turnover uh, at 10 to 15% net profit, yeah. you're still only really working for wages, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So... It's, it's a challenge that we see a lot of um, business owners face at this point is because, yes, they're making $100,000, $150,000 net profit, maybe up to two hundred grand. but by the time they pay themselves that as a wage, really they're breaking even. Yeah. And um, most business owners don't know that, that 60% of businesses in Australia, almost one in two businesses in Australia are either breaking even or going backwards. 
Oh, that's crazy. Is that from a lack of understanding, do you think? I think so, and it it really comes down to a lot of trades. Uh, let's talk about trades specifically. A lot of tradesmen would probably agree with this, is that they go into business because they they, they know they're a good tradesman and they want to create something for themselves. But just because you're good at your trade doesn't equate to running a profitable business. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm sure you've had those challenges yourself there that when you first started out that um, potentially maybe from your experience that was some of your challenge as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely wanted to start out um, doing the things that I didn't like to do in my business I was working for. So I was like, I'm going to create a business that does all those things provide a better service, do all those things. But yeah, when it came to the business side of things, that's something you have to really spend some time learning. And, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest mistakes that we, straight out of the bat is um, uh, around this conversation today, is one of the biggest mistakes that we see with, with, with trades businesses is um, just because you're a good tradesman doesn't equate to good, um, becoming a good, good businessman. Yeah. And and it's one of the biggest things that uh, we see in, a, in the growth of a, a trades business is not necessarily um, they become better at their trade. They've got to learn to be a better leader, a better manager, a better man manager, and a better businessman. Yep. Because when you develop those skills, that's when your business develops around you and you, you become an owner of a electrical company rather than an electrician who owns an electrical business. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, for sure. And there's a real transition period as well where you, you're still out in the tools and you're still being an electrician, but you've got to swap over at some point where you just you have to let go of that and you have to go and do business owner. Definitely. Yeah. So when, when you hit that million dollar mark, what, what was that what was that challenge that you found and, and what was some of the experience you had that you might be able to share with some of the guys listening? Yeah, well, um, when we hit that mark, we'll sort of I I actually overhired and we didn't have an efficient team so we were out there doing jobs every single day we we're always busy but because we weren't efficient and we weren't productive to the point where we were making a lot of profit every single day every tradesman and we weren't measuring that so it was just off a feeling i was like oh we're so busy i need more people and i'll put another van on and i'll put another tradesman on um, and we were scaling so fast that i was i got to a point where i just didn't have any money like just net like every single payday or every bass or every tax bill or anything, I was like, how are we even going to pay for this? Like, didn't have the money. Um, yeah. And it's, it's because I was paying out all this money to wages and by the time you paid it all out with an inefficient team, we are left with nothing at the end. That's right. And, yeah. and that's, that's the exact symptom that we, that we see with clients at that point is, is they, it's not that there's a lack of opportunity out there. It's just that in their mind, they've got this, they, they think that, that they're at capacity and they can't see how to grow past that. Mm. Because when you think about it as a businessman is, when you're not making the money you feel like you're worth and you deserve and you've got constant cash flow problems, it's, it's so easy to get stressed and overwhelmed and um, internalize your thoughts you you snap at your team you you're not thinking rationally sometimes and especially when you're around that one to two million dollar mark the yeah you might be showing a, a profit on your your profit and loss but you got all this money out in debtors people still mm. owe you money you're having to reinvest back into getting all the vans and all that kind of stuff on the road so the cash flow 
challenges that uh, a business owner at that point is what causes them to get stuck. Yeah. And because they've come off the tools where you guys are, are trading time for money, we find that a lot of businessmen at that point have that mindset is um, the, the, more, the, the more time and energy that I spend, the more money that I'll make. Yeah, that doesn't work either. Tried that. So they've, they've got this mindset of, I just got to work harder and harder and harder because I'm not making the money that I want. So the mindset, I've just got to keep doing and doing and doing. Mm. But it's actually a false economy that a lot of these guys are in is because they've got this do, do, do mindset. And a lot of that comes from coming from a tradesman into starting to get into that leadership role where they're transitioning out of being a doer into doing a leader. And yeah. the biggest thing keeping them trapped at the moment is that that mindset that it saves me time, it saves me energy, and it saves me money if I do it myself. You probably yeah. experience yep. that from time to time. And what I've found happens is as a business owner, you go out and make up the inefficiencies of your inefficient team. So you yes. end up stressing yourself out because you're going and doing extra work that should have been done in the first place. Um, if you just spent the time to train your team to become more efficient, you can have less. We've actually two less tradesmen than we were a year ago because we and we're making more money, way more money because yeah. we're more efficient now and we've trained our team to be more efficient in everything they do. And that's awesome. in terms of like scheduling, less travel between jobs, um, doing more on every single job. And that's all the stuff we teach in the academy as well to electricians if anyone's interested. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the challenge and you're 100% right is when, when business owners are at that point, they're off the tools and they're starting to manage their, their, their team is because they know that they need to make a certain amount of money for themselves and their families and they're in that break even point and all those types of things. What's the first thing they do is they start doing admin work. They start doing the book work. They're stuck down doing the scheduling. They're managing the guys on out in the field, whether it be on the construction jobs or the or the maintenance jobs and doing all the scheduling. They're, they're trying to do some estimating and, and business development work. But what they find is the reason why they're working 60 to 80 hours or maybe 100 hours a week is because they think that they've just got to keep doing more because they think it saves them money. Mm. But it's that very mindset that's keeping them stuck and trapped in their business. So the very thing that they're doing it for, which is for more time, is the very thing that they're they're is 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 they're working away from. So it's a it's actually a disconnect between their goals. Yeah, it's a paradox because <laughs> I found it's just it, the more you worked, the more inefficiencies you created in that model, and it became worse and worse. It really yeah. did, and you get stuck. And it's just you get a stuck in a cycle, don't you? Yeah, and the biggest thing that was affected was my family and my time. Yeah. That was the and biggest And it probably thing. impacted you and the family and it impacted your health and your well-being and the time with your family and all that type of stuff, doesn't it? Yep, yep. And the, the thing I was saying was and exactly what your dad said, but I'm doing it for you guys and not realizing that I was just making up inefficiencies in the field where if I could just concentrated a bit of time now on making the team more efficient, it just changed everything. And that's when we went to the next level with that. Awesome. Yeah, it's it, it, there's a great little thing there that it might be worth the guys listening is um, to look it up. It's a, it's an article about what um, love to a child is spelt T I M E, 
<laughs> and it, it's a great little thing that might be worth you guys uh, opening up and having a listen to because uh, it's a lie that businessmen have been told through the previous generations is it's our job to make money for the family. Yeah. That's one part of the job, but it's bullshit and it's what's keeping, it's what's destroying families. Yeah. And there is an absolute better way of the ability to build a business and simultaneously build an awesome family life if you know how. And that's what the skill set here is what we're going to be talking about today is how do we break through this cycle? Because if you don't break the cycle, you're just going to keep getting trapped and it's going to erode your family time and it's going to erode the, your time with your partner or your wife. And it's... um. It's, it, it's a lie that you got to stop, that most businessmen have to stop living is because, sure, you're making money, but you're destroying the very thing you're doing it for. So it's a, it, if, if that's anything that the guys can take away from this, this podcast is mm. we've got to break free from that lie. And sure, you're making money, but your kids want to, your wife wants you back in the, in the yeah. relationship and your kids time. want you back there being present. Yeah. yeah, and present. Like mind, your mind, when you're that busy... You, your minds if you get home you walk through that door and you're still thinking about work or you're still on your phone there's a problem you've got to figure out and you've got to accept that there's a problem if you're still looking at your phone after you get home from work there's a problem correct yeah. and that's the reason why that is is because when you get to that one one and a half two million dollar mark is all of a sudden you go from being on the tool solving uh, your customers problems to solving all your team's problems yeah. and you're taking 50 to 60 phone calls a day, you've got 50 to 100 emails coming through a day, um, you're fighting fires, your guys are constantly ringing you, you're fixing everyone else's problems, but then it gets to five o'clock and you're like, oh shit, where did my day go? Oh, now I've got to do quotes at night time. Now I've got to do all this stuff after hours and when that's family time, um, but if you structure yourself and your business properly, you don't have to work that way because you shift the way you're working on its head. Yeah. And just a little warning for everyone out there that thinks, oh, I'm doing it because in two years' time, if I keep up this pace, then I'll have time for my family. That's two years you've missed. And what happens if you get hit by a car tomorrow? Or, you know, are you going to be happy with yourself? Are you going to be happy with, you know, ending it there? Because, you know, you might get to one, one and a half years and you're like, only six months to go and something drastic happens and then you spent that one and a half years last years of your life working like an animal. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my favorite sayings that I say to clients, say to clients all the time is, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. And most people think, oh, when I achieve X, then I'll start doing Y. And yeah. I know you love your, your training. It's just like saying, well, when I lose five kilos and, and start eating better and lose a bit of weight and start getting fitter, then I'll start going for runs. Yeah. But it's like, hang on a second, why don't you just go for your runs and get fitter and get healthier, then you're going to achieve your goal. So it's it, it's a mindset that a lot of tradies have got is going, well, when I get to this point, then I'll change my habits and become a better family man. Mm. Well, no, you've got to change your habits, then you'll be able to grow through this transition phase that we've got to do. Yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. All right, sweet. So what are the things that people need to look out for in terms of going to from 1 million plus yeah absolutely concepts? so there's three there's three main areas that 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 we focus on um, is is what I call the three P's the first one is uh, productivity the second one is performance and the third one is profitability and it's a real phase that 
um, that clients need to go through. And it's a, but I've got to warn you, it's a transition phase. Mm. It's a transition from doing all of doing to leading, from doing everything to leading everyone. And the biggest thing you've got to make sure that when you're going through this transition phase is you've got to make sure the numbers stack up because you can absolutely send yourself broke if you don't do it properly in the right order in, in, in making sure that you transition through this phase, not just at the drop of a hat, go, just right, I'm going to make all this, chop it off. Yeah. So the, one of the biggest things that we see with clients is that, that sometimes they take us too literally, but you've, I've got to, when I'm talking through this, it's important to say that we go through this phase. And so the first thing that we, that we got to understand is, is the business owner's personal performance because everything starts with them. Mm. And the, the reason why that most business owners get stuck at this point is because of the way that they personally operate. They don't manage themselves well. Um, it all comes down to, to personal performance and personal productivity. Yeah. And if you ask any tradesman about how their day's gone is they're firefighting, they're looking after their team, they're looking after everyone else's problems and then they're getting to the end of the day and then there's no time left over to focus on growth. And there's a, there's a great little um, rocks, pebble and sand analogy that we use with clients all the time. It talks about the jar and, and when you pour the sand in first, the jar fills up uh, to three quarters. Then you fill the rocks with pebbles and then you go to put all the, the rocks in on the top and there's no um, time for the, for the rocks or there's no space for the rocks. Jar's full. The, the jar's full. Yep. And the jar represents your day or your life. And or when you put the rocks in first, then it's amazing when you put the pebbles in and the, and the pebbles move around them, then you put the sand in as well. Oh, amazing. Jar, everything fills in. Yeah, yeah, cool. So it's a great little analogy that we use with clients and they realize it and go, well, no wonder I'm not getting anywhere because the rocks represent strategies and activities which represent growth. Mm -hmm. And they're not growing because they're not working on the things that they should be to enable the growth. Yeah. And they're not getting done is because they're too busy focusing on the sand and the pebbles, which are the things which are urgent but not important, and they're focusing on the things that are maintaining status quo. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So one of the biggest things that we do with clients uh, at this point, and I know it sounds so easy, but for two weeks we get them to track their time, every single minute for two weeks. This and is with a business owner? With the business owner. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Do you use an app or anything like that? Is there something we can use to log time or just a piece of paper? Bit of paper. Yeah. I'm a bit cool. old school. No, no, that's cool. I was just checking. And the the reason why we get them to do that is because I want them to understand where all their time is going so they can understand where all their inefficiencies are. Yeah, good. Recommend, do so, you recommend that for any listeners at any level? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Cool. Because what we find is, is someone who's doing 80 hours a week once they really distill it down is they understand that they're probably spending 20 hours a week doing admin, 10 hours a week doing bookkeeping, they're doing 20 hours or 30 hours a week doing scheduling, they're maybe doing only a small amount of time doing estimating and they realize that their whole week, their 60 to 80 hour week is focused on low value, low dollar activities mm -hmm. which isn't the right activities which is enabling growth. Yeah. And they it's a false economy because they think they're saving money and time by doing those activities. But what they're doing is they're spending their time on $25 or $30 an hour jobs, 
which is actually robbing them from going and winning big tenders or mm. big opportunities and getting customers across the line. Yeah, yeah. Cool. cool. Sweet, I really like that. So what would be an example of sand, pebbles and rocks? Uh, uh, so when we're talking about sand, sand is low value stuff that adds no value to your life or your company. So this is callbacks, this is um, going to the wholesaler, things like that, travel, yep, so travel between travel, jobs. All those types of so things this for you as a business. Sand is non-billable time or low, low value time? For you as a businessman, yes. Yeah, cool. Pebbles, pebbles are important. Pebbles are still important, uh, but they're, they're the things that have a level of urgency attached to them. So pebbles are things like getting quotes out, they're helping your team, they're doing your invoicing, they're doing all those things that maintain the business's level of, of, of growth. Yep. Whereas a rock, a rock doesn't have to be something big, but it's what it does is um, creates capacity or opportunities within a business. Yeah. And so a rock might be, if you're, it might be going and having a meeting with a, a new builder or it might be a new facilities manager, or it might be um, uh, developing, um, I'm not sure what software you use, it might be Simpro or Arrowflow, it might be working an hour a day on doing that to spend an hour investing in that, which is gonna save you a lot of time at the back end. Yeah, so anything that's gonna increase revenue or increase efficiency or reduce cost, but it takes time to implement is a rock. Correct. Yep, cool. So. One of the first parts is is actually teaching this principles, these principles to clients so they can go, so they can realize, no wonder I'm not growing. No mm. wonder I'm stuck because I'm spending all my time on thinking that it's saving me money, but it's actually robbing them of the money. Yeah. And robbing them of growth. So once they have that realization, then they go, well, now that I've got to start leveraging and they've got to start, um, they're structuring their day properly. They realize that there's about maybe 20, 30, sometimes 40 hours of their week of things that need to come out of their plate and into their operational team around mm -hmm. them. Yeah. So that's productivity. The second one is performance. And so the, the big principle that needs to, that we teach clients is that systems and people set you free. And the only way that you're going to continue to build a business which gives you more time and more profit freedom is by building a team around you. And what we find is when we look at a structure of a company that's doing one to $2 million mark is the business owners being the general manager, they're being the administration person, they're being the bookkeeper, they're being the supervisor, they're being the estimator. So when you look at an organizational structure, they're being those five positions. Uh, yeah, yeah. So when we look at their week, then we can go, well, um, you're doing all these times, who do we need to order to hire and in what order do we need to hire them so that we can start creating capacity in your week? Yeah. Cool. So when you were doing a million bucks, who, who were the first couple of people that you brought in your team and what did that enable you to do? Yeah, I think at that point, maybe a little bit before, we were looking at getting someone in to do uh, administration roles. So yep. uh, someone who could answer the phones, do the account side of things, like we use zero, so reconciling accounts, um, making phone calls to anyone that we need to go, like booking times and scheduling, those sort of tasks we could get 
someone else to do. And we also asked how could we do this as cheaply as possible, especially going up when we were, weren't at a million. It was like we can't afford to put someone on full time, but we sort of need them to be full time. Um, mm. That's when we got, we actually got a virtual assistant to help us with that. And that's where we tested the waters and we go, oh yeah, so what happens when we get someone who's actually more competent, speaks English for the first language was the second thing. Um, and that just boosted everything as well when we got higher up. And then from that point, when we had a team of around five tradesmen, we were able to put on an operations manager um, who now managed invoicing, quoting, um, and taking all of the phone calls from the guys, um, internal training. So he does all of that as well. And monitoring performance, that's all done by the operations manager. And then once that happened, that's when we really were able to scale up f fast. Yeah, and so this is what we find is when clients get through, when business owners, tradesmen get through this sticking point, scalability is quick, mm. is because you've got a really solid structure in the business to be able to then add layers of growth to. It's like when you when you when you build a building a, a, a set of townhouses or something, they got to dig deep foundations, then they build the ground level. And it takes a lot of time to get that level right. And once that level's right, it's amazing how quickly how the quick building goes up. up. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think the so, question we asked ourselves when we were doing that hiring process as well, or even just delegating, and when it came to delegating, I started to ask myself, is there someone else who can do this 80% as good as I do or better? And can that, from that point on, I just delegated those tasks out to someone else. And if we didn't have someone else, I'd made someone else responsible yeah. for it good and once so when we're thinking that. around structures we've got to think around this is why people and systems are so important is because it's not always about hiring people it's about how do we make efficiencies through systems as well yep um how do we this is where and i'm sure you've got your recommendations around the simpros and the arrow flows and all those types of software systems is Sometimes those systems systems can mean that you don't need a lot of operational staff. It's because they do away they, they create efficiencies where where it takes a lot of time to set up, but it saves a lot of money on the back end, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so talking about virtual assistants, we actually because we had we use Simpro, and we were able to. That's a cloud-based software, and people from anywhere in the world can log into it. So we asked ourselves: Is there someone else that can do this 80% as good as us? Uh, and things like calling tenants or customers to book in times for jobs, someone else you know, who can just speak English is fine to do that. Um, and so we got them doing those tasks and um, filtering through emails and organizing them and then calling us if it's something urgent. That saves you the time and interruption of scaling through your emails to try and figure out what's, like if you're looking at emails all day, that's an inefficiency. So yeah. Those systems allow you, especially if it's in the cloud, to get the low price point as well. That's right. So, so that's there's great examples, and it's about utilizing um, contract labor. It's about utilizing part-time people until you can afford to pay them full-time. It's about utilizing virtual assistants. It's about utilizing um, um, maybe to start with, one of you guys comes off the tools and is is 50% overhead in operations and 50% billable until you can afford to pay them 100% op, uh, um, operationally and completely off the tools. So th these are some of the common strategies of when mm. we're looking at how uh, a trades business is structured, 
It's about, well, how do we structure the business in a way to enable that next phase of growth? And it's, it's about understanding, well, this is where all your time is going now as a business owner. This is where you want it to be. This is how your structure is now. This is how your structure needs to be. What's the strategy that we've got to be able to work through to be able to start relinquishing control, building a team around you, implementing good systems around you? And by all means, this doesn't take long. Like mm. We do this with clients in a three-month period. So it's it's not thinking, oh, this is going to be a 12 or 18-month journey. If, if you know the strategy right, it takes a very short amount of time. But the big thing that I warn to clients is the growth from one to one and a half to two million up to that next level, sure, your top line revenue grows and you might be thinking, well, why isn't my bottom line profitability growing? It's yeah. because the money you're making on the top line is having to be spent and reinvested back into the company to be able to afford full-time admin, afford sim pros, afford um, operations managers, afford estimators, all those types of things. So yep. a, a lot of clients get jaded in this phase because they're like, well, my company's doubled, but my profitability stayed the same. Yeah. And and I'm sure that you've seen it. And a lot of this is where a lot of client uh, business owners, especially electricians and plumbers and everything, go through this phase and they get partway through it and they go, this is crap. This is shit. I was making more money back as a one-man yeah. band. Yeah. And they scale back down. So it's about don't be caught in that trap. Push through the barriers because on the other side is freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's so a retreat, isn't it? Retreat. It is. <laughs> yeah. So that's where the restructuring comes in, but it's about having confidence and clarity and convictions around the profitability of your cash flow and your business to be able to know how can I afford to do this and 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 push my way through this growth and ensure that I've got extra revenue coming in the top end and I'm managing my business well through good job um, job costing good critical success factors, good cash flow management, um, good management reports, all that financial part, what we call the manage it section of my make it, manage it, keep it, grow it framework. Yep. So they're managing the dollars of their business so that they know that they're maximizing the the returns on the mm. work that they're doing so they can fund this structure that they know they need to get to. Yeah, no, that's great. So the last one is, and the last P is the profitability. You've got oh, to sorry, make sure yeah. you get your, you've got to get, make sure you get your financial house in order. Yes. And because one of the biggest myths that a lot of uh, tradesmen have it is, um, more making more money is gonna is is gonna return more money down the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a massive myth because um, if you've got an inefficient and an inefficient team and a business that doesn't manage money well, all you're gonna do is amplify the problem, not fix it. Yeah. And so. When, you, when you're getting this restructure right over this between the one to two million dollar mark is uh, two and, and up to two and a half is you've got to work on your prioritization, your performance, but more importantly, your profitability. You have to get your financial house in order because if you try and scale a company and add really big layers of growth, all you're going to do is have a lot of problems and this is where you see electrical companies scale up really quickly and then they fall to pieces is because they've built a business on shonky financial management in their company yeah um i'm sure you've seen it in the industry yeah uh, but I it's all just that. due mismanagement yeah that was just not understanding that my team was inefficient that's pretty much it and when you do get things like simpro and you're able to see productivity 
every single day from each member of your staff and then you can work individually with each of those members to help them become more efficient. That's where, like you're saying, like just not understanding that. You sort of just don't think about it though. Like you're just so busy and stuck in this paradox where you're just working harder trying to get out of it. But That's it's right. just, yeah, like you said, like it happened to us where we were putting on extra people, but we were just amplifying the problem, which was we weren't productive and we weren't making profit because we weren't productive. Yeah, and so you're winning all this work and you're like, well, I'm winning all this work and I'm hiring more blokes and then you're all of a sudden going, well, how come I'm making no more money, no more money at the bottom end? Yeah. And, it's, and you're right, it's not until you get uh, good job costing, good productivity analysis, and that's not just productivity of the business, that's productivity of each guy. Yeah. And because then you can go, well, why is he productive but he isn't he? Is, mm. is it I've got him on the wrong jobs or is it extra training that he needs? Does he need to come to you guys and get some training about what he needs to do? Is it, is it that he, um, is he got problems at home within his family which is causing problems in his world? Like once you have clarity around your numbers and have good critical success factor reporting and good job costing and good cash flow management, then you can identify all the problems so you're not just measuring the success of your business by the cash in your bank and your debtors list, you're actually got really good visibility of a good dashboard system around you. So you can see, it tells you a story then. Yep. And that's what enables growth then is you've got confidence and clarity and conviction around your numbers. That's what, that's what enables electricians to grow. Yeah, it wasn't until we knew on a daily basis who was performing daily the best and why and you could see trends like you said you could see if something was happening personally you could hear it in their voice and you could see their productivity wasn't what it normally was we've got graphs showing everything now in the dashboard like you said so that was it that was the big pivoting point and by having all that in place what does that enable you as a businessman by being able to see that what 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 does that what does that give you and what does that enable you to do for in the business as well? Well, it enables me to step back from, totally back from operations because I can look at it on a weekly basis now and go, okay, how did everyone perform daily last week? And I look at it on a weekly basis and then I can go to my operations manager who looks at it on a daily basis and he's, he can actually sum it up um, and we can scan over this, you can compare the productivity with the schedule, makes my reporting really easily um, and yeah, it just reflects, like it totally reflects when we are a produ pr productive team and we also include in our productivity reports like sick days, you know, time off, holidays, like it reflects on their, if someone's on holidays for the week, they get zero, but then it's also added into the team productivity and yeah. you need to know all that because if you, if you've got two people off and now your team productivity is under 60%, well, you're going to feel that. In a couple of weeks, when you when the cash flow kicks, that's yeah. right. So, yep. So you so, so that's perfect. So what what you've got done is a prime example of getting your financial house in order. And and in our world, it's the it's the manage it phase of of the make it manage it keep it grow it system that we have is that is that making the ability to make profit or money and profitability is one thing, but your ability to manage it is a second mm. because if there's a lot of tradesmen out there who are great at winning a lot of work, but they don't manage their business and their finances well. So they get through, they get through their career as a businessman. They go, well, I've got nothing to show. Where's all my money gone? Yeah. And if you don't manage it well, a, you're running blind in your business. But b, 
you can't make good decisions because you're making it off gut feel rather than fact and reality yeah. and having conviction around what's really going on in the business. So yeah. It also makes those conversations with your team, like if you've got an operations manager in place um, or if, if you're still in that role, it makes that conversation really easy because you're just like, hey, I've noticed this is the actual fact. This is how you are performing at the moment. Is there something happening at home or do you need help with something? I noticed on these type of jobs, you're just not efficient. Do you need, need more training in that? And it becomes really evident on a daily basis, like who needs help where? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, but this comes back to where we started our conversation at the start is, is that uh, almost one in two business owners are breaking even or going backwards. And the, the reality of that is because business owners do not know how to make money, manage money, keep it or grow it from there. And if you think about what are the biggest relationship breakdowns in society is money. Mm. And what's the one of the biggest psychosocial stresses in your community is money because mm. there's not one area of life that money doesn't touch. Yep. And it's not that we become, it's not for the love of money, but when we take clients through um, our for it system, clients come to us and go, because I've got visibility and clarity and understanding and I'm empowered about money, I actually, I don't stress anymore. I'm not sitting up at nighttime worrying. I'm sleeping mm. through it now. I'm not arguing with my missus. And sure, I've still got cash flow problems, but they know what the root cause of their cash flow problems are rather than just running blind thinking that it'll all work out for themselves. Well, that's fear, isn't it? When you don't know what's, why it's happening, you fear something's going to go wrong and it's not controllable. If you can make it controllable by measuring it, then that gives you a lot more power and a sense of security and stops you worrying so much. That's right. So these are the so so everything we've been talking around is the common symptom of someone who's stuck at that point, mm. and they're stuck at that one to two million dollar more. It's what I call the wall because they've hit it and they've bounced and they can't go any further, and. These are just the common symptoms and problems that we find. And, 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 and for your electricians listening, they've got to make a decision is, um, do I want to do the work required to actually fix the root cause of the problem? Or do I just keep going through life, putting a Band-Aid over it and pretending that the problem is going to fix it themselves? Yeah. Um, some of them will do that, but others will go, well, you know what? I actually want a better family life and I want a better business and I want to make more money and I want to have better impact in my community and, and, and do more things within my, within my local community, then they're the ones that have got to get stuck in and do the work. And it's not about being a better electrician. It's about being a better businessman. And you've got to push through that barrier and deal with all the shit that's going on at the moment yeah. and getting their performance under control, getting their prioritization under control, getting their profitability under control. Those three P's are the big hardy things that need to be fixed. Because once you can push through that transition phase, like what you were talking about then is, you're at that point now where you're adding layers of growth and you're scaling quickly purely because you've got a really good foundation to grow from. Yep, yep, definitely. Cool. All right, can we go back to those three Ps again and just talk about what people can do in those three Ps? Like we started touching on it, we start recording um, everything you do in the day. Can we go yep. through each of those three Ps and uh, for a takeaway for these listeners, um, just to, you know, the method on what they can do or start to look at within their own businesses to get, start to get positive output from it. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the first one is productivity. The first thing you need to do is a time tracker. And I know it sounds so simple, um, but it's a very powerful exercise. It's about unpacking your week to understand where all your time's going. And um, most clients don't don't know how to, uh, they've never done it before. And mm. they think they're productive, but they're not. And so my challenge to all the listeners is unpack your week for two weeks and 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 be honest with yourself. I remember when I was an accountant, I used to have to track every six minute block of what I was doing. And that taught me this powerful lesson of, of unpacking because when you can do that, you've got 100% visibility around what you're really doing. And you might be surprised that you're wasting a lot of time on social media, how many phone calls you're doing. So once you've got visibility around where your time's going, that's the first part of change because you've got awareness. And so then you can make decisions once you've got awareness and you know what to change. It's just that most people don't know how, what, what it is they need to change. So when it comes to productivity, the first thing is unpack your week and that's through a time tracker. The second one is about understanding, um, um, it, it's about understanding uh, the rocks, the pebbles and the sand analogy yeah. Yeah. and structuring your day in a way where you schedule in rock time. Mm-hmm. And there's a saying in life that says that what gets scheduled gets done. And most people go through their whole day and then they focus at rocks at nighttime. So the challenge is, is let's flip that way of operating on its head. Let's get you guys under control. Let's get them out on the jobs in the day. Then schedule in time in the day, to, in the morning to be able to focus on things that are going to create growth. Yeah. But you've got to schedule that time you've got to protect that time and you've got to execute to be able to get through to the other side. So the the rocks, again, let's touch on that is rocks are things that are important. They often don't have urgency attached to them, but they're the things that create capacity and growth. And they're things like um, software improvements, recruitment, strategies, business plans, um, increasing your market share, working on strategies and stuff like that. So, it's about dedicating time in your week where you're w- working on rocks. Now, when you get to the other side where you're at the moment, most of your time's rock time mm. because you're pretty much all on the business. And so it's about creating that habit of structuring yourself properly to be able to get the most out of yourself in your day. So that's what that's where productivity is. Awesome. So we'll go, go and track your time for two weeks. Yep. Um, there's got to be an app out there. It's got to be someone that pops up and says, what have you been doing for the last six minutes? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be helpful. Uh, and then once you've done that, and then it's reflecting on your week and maybe putting you know, sand, pebbles, and rocks next to each of those tasks and then analyzing yep. how much, in, what, in a percentage of time that you're actually spending there? 100%. Cool. And then thinking, well, where do I want to be? And then doing a little graph there to be able to go, well, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. And what that's going to drop out the bottom of that is to be able to go, well, this is where my time's going now. This is where I want my time to be according to what you know that is really important to you. Then you can go, well, they're the things that I've got to let go. Yeah. You've got to schedule schedule some rock time to to think about how to move over to that that model you want. Yeah. And then that comes into the second phase, which is performance, which is about structuring your business in a way to enable this growth. So once you, you drop out the bottom end of what they need to do, then that's about system improvement. It's about 
make sure your numbers stack up. It's about recruiting the right people in the right positions. And it's about um, tr- transitioning and, and delegating and handing that stuff over. And yeah. I know that might sound scary of relinquishing control and all that type of things, but it's about having the right strategy in place to be able to, under the performance section is then getting your structure right and the right people around you to be able to leverage your time. Yeah, um, I need to stress to everyone, people, make sure, take the time to get the right people because if you don't, it's going to crumple you. That's right. It really does. It makes it, and it makes you doubt that the, the thing's going to work at all. Um, but if you get the right people around you and take the time to find the right people and make sure you, you connect with those people on a, you know, an emotional level where you actually like, oh, I like this person. That's who you want to work with. Not people like, oh yeah, they could work. They sound like they've had a good work history. Like work history and all that, you know, is only one part of it. You need to be able to connect with the people that you work with. When you're doing recruitment and when you're looking at the structure of your company, it's position first, person second, supported by the right processes. So when I talk, when I say position first, it's you don't build a position around a person because what can happen is that person leaves and you're building a, a structure around someone. Ah. It's, about, it's about important getting the position right first so that you're clear on what's the outcome that you want from that position. Yep. Then you put the right person in that position and the mistake that people make is, is they put people in positions but they don't put processes to support them so there's no accountability. And this is when then people are left to their own devices, they do whatever way they want, and then there's no efficiencies and the business owner goes, I knew it, I shouldn't have hired that person, it's just more hassle than it's worth, I'm just gonna get rid of them. But this is where the business owner has to take accountability here Mm. and go, well, maybe I'll hire the wrong person and maybe I've got the wrong processes around this person. So position first, get clarity on the position that you want, you got to put the right person in the right position supported by the right processes. And yeah. when you get those three things right, that's when they flourish in that role and you get out of them what you need to. It's got to be win-win. Yeah, cool. I like that because sometimes the person part of it, like you, you can define the position and that's up to you and that's exactly what you need. Then you hire the person but they're not quite what you need them to be and that's when the processes come in. That's right. Yeah, that's good. So this is where you can then restructure all this and, 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 I, and I stress again is this is a transition and you're probably going to go through times where it's going to be stressful. You're probably going to have to work harder before it gets easier. You're going to be making more money on the top line revenue before you make more bottom line profit. But you've got to remember what's the end game here mm. where it's all about leverage is once you get out the other side, then you can go, oh, how good's this? I've got an admin person. I've got an operations person, I've got a bookkeeper, I've potentially got an estimator, and you've gone from doing everything to leading everyone, and all of a sudden you've got 30 or 40 hours a week where all you're doing is spinning the dials, make sure everyone's doing what they need to be doing, mm. and you're focusing on business growth and you're adding layers of growth. So uh, just stress that it's a, tra- it's a real transition that, 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 that the electrician guys need to go through. Yeah, I'm just reflecting on my time doing that as well. So like we had the position, then we hired a great person for the job and then most of my time that I took away from when I was doing that person's job, like now they're doing it, but my time went into the processes side of things. 
to the mm. point where you had the you'd done enough processes now take away the processes because they're all built and they're, they're running solo and doing a great job at it so and then my time's freed up would you yep. say that and you're just holding them accountable yeah 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 cool i had a client say to me the other day he's like rob i've gone from working 50 60 hours a week um he, he's an electrician in gold coast he's like I've gone from uh, working my ass off 50, 60 hours a week to all of a sudden I've got all these people in these positions and business is growing and all the guys are doing what they're meant to be doing and I feel a bit lost. And, <laughs> and I'm like, mate, go, go and enjoy, enjoy it. Like, <laughs> I said, this is, what, this is what you came here to do and, and he's growing massively at the moment but he's like, I don't feel like I'm working much. I'm like, mate, go and enjoy it. This is what it's all meant to be like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Cool. I love that. Good story. Good story. <laughs> cool. And the last P? Yeah. So it's all about profitability. So with the last P is, is this is where you got to get stuck into your numbers. And um, there's a couple of areas that you can really get bogged down into your numbers. And the, the, the first one is making sure your price points are on point. You got to make sure that your, your prices are competitive in the market. It's yeah. not about being the most expensive but it's, it's not about being the cheapest. You've got to make sure that your prices are on point, uh, excuse the pun, in the in the market. And that's about understanding, am I charging what I'm worth? Because yeah. it's amazing that if you've got a whole team around you, but if you're $10 shorter an hour where you should be, that adds up to thousands and thousands of dollars a year in just pure bottom line profit. So um, pricing is important. It's about um, looking at your suppliers making sure that you're getting really good deals it's not about going and cutting each, all the suppliers throats and and just chopping them all off at the knees it's it's about building good relationships with your suppliers but making sure you are they are being competitive for you as well so mm. don't be afraid to get in there and negotiate some prices but don't screw them over in the process because business is win-win you want to be on side with your suppliers so don't stuff them around yeah um, you got to make sure that the productivity of you guys. Make sure you're tracking and, and, and measuring and improving the productivity of you guys. So there's a, a, a third one that the, the that you guys, the listeners can focus on. Another one is your job costing. Make sure you're doing good quality job costing because every time you miss a part here or miss a part there or miss a block of hours here or a block of hours there, you're spending that money in expenses yeah. and I'm sure you've seen it but it just erodes profitability, doesn't it? Yeah, and your profit's only a top, small little bit on the top. So if you miss something, it's chewing into that very fast. Very Definitely. fast. Yeah. And it's amazing how it's amazing how quick that, that can be eroded, especially if you're on a big job and you miss a big material that might cost five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, could add up and you miss that on on a job on the invoice. All of a sudden, you're spending that, you're paying the supplier that, but you're not invoicing that to your to your customer. Mm. That that just destroys profitability, and we just see it time and time again where um, the guys we work with they don't have good job costing systems in place, and that's what that's what it's impacting their cash flow. Yeah. Poor cash flow isn't the problem; it's a symptom of a deeper problem. So mm. um, it, it's about understanding that if you've got poor cash flow, then go well. What are the things impacting my cash flow? Yeah. yeah. So. Good job. Good job. Costing is is an, is another one. Another one is 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 just understanding where all your expenses are going, and uh, I see it time and time again where um, because uh, tradesmen aren't 
um, they don't know how to understand their their financial statements. They don't know what they they mean. They don't know what to look for. And so um, it's about getting in there, reviewing all your finances. You you can. I'd rather a business run a lean and mean business rather than a fat and lazy, um, unproductive and unprofitable business. So yeah. get in there and manage all your money well and, and track it and look at what's going out and what are you spending money on and look at your insurances, your phone bills, your your, your common expenses to see, well, where are we wasting money? Because yeah. if all that money that you're wasting throughout this growth phase, it's not about ripping money out. You need to maximize the dollars you've got. So these few strategies that I've just that I've just given the listeners are great ways of improving the the profitability of the current business model without having to add too much revenue because what they're doing is maximizing the returns on the current work yeah. so that they can use that money to reinvest into the people and systems. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a really easy one. Like take the time to learn your P&L sheet when and software like Zero makes it so easy just create chart of accounts for everything make it really simple for you to understand oh when i'm spending money on that that means that and so when you scan over it at the end of the month it's real fast and you need to be able to do that when you grow bigger anyway so learn it now no matter what size business you are because if 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 you can't manage money well at a one or two or three million dollars or even if even if for those listeners who are doing half a million dollars or or 250k for those listeners who are even at that small point is get the right money management habits in place at the yep. start because as you grow, if, if you grow without the good money management habits in place, all you're gonna do is amplify your problems. And that's yep. when you see companies go from a million bucks with a few guys to 50 blokes and then it just implodes from within It's because they didn't manage the growth or the money well and yep. they exploded out of the blocks but they never got the right structures and systems and money management habits in right as they were growing mm. and all of a sudden bang they just take everyone down with it around them so yeah. it's it's your responsibility as a businessman to be able to have those right money management hab- habits in place to be able to maximize the returns on your work cool no that makes sense absolutely cool and what are some of the mistakes that you see people doing when implementing these things in businesses Where are people going to go wrong? (laughs) um, Not having a plan on how to do it. Yep. Um, They try and do it too quickly. And one of the the things that I say to uh, to clients very early on the process is is that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. And um, change and transformation takes time. And you, you... Unless someone's got a big water money that they're investing into your business, um, don't just drop the hammer and say, right, from today, I'm going to make all these sweeping changes. It's, it's, it's a sequential process that, that, that you can go through to be able to get those steps right that we've spoken around today through the productivity, performance, profitability. Get all those steps in that sequential order. I've, I've, I've taught the listeners the sequential order. So the mistake that people make is, is that they... Is that they is that they try and do everything at once mm. and change takes time. And uh, especially when you're already working 60, 80 plus hours a week is first of all, you've got to get your time under control. Then you've got to make change. So um, my recommendation is is just just understand that this process takes time yeah. and, and don't be jaded because just keep reminding yourself of what you're trying to do here. Yeah. 
So setting, setting out a plan and taking the time, the rock time, to, to plan it efficiently so that you can really maximize those things. Definitely. the next level. Yeah. And the implementation and, and phase takes time too, doesn't it? Of each, definitely. each thing. And they've got to execute. The listeners here is there's a difference between knowing and doing. And my, my recommendation is, is I know that there's going to be a lot of listeners listening to this podcast. There's, there's going to be a uh, statistics show that there's going to be a very large percentage of, of listeners who don't do anything from this podcast. And they'll go, yeah, this is, that's, that's great. That's, that's really good strategies, but they don't make the change. Yeah. So my challenge to the listeners is you've got to do the work because you can't get the results without doing the work. Yeah. And so get stuck in and don't just listen to this podcast. Actually go away and do the things that I've taught you because the things that we're teaching you right now is going to change your life. Yep. And so if you want a better life, then you've got to do the work. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Awesome, really, really cool. And have faith. They got to have faith and just trust the process. Have faith and believe in themselves and just get on with it and get it done. Yeah. And it's um, just keep reminding themselves of why they're doing it because it's going to be tough. There's going to be challenges, and uh, you shared a few of your challenges today. And and I want to encourage the listeners that just because you're growing doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges, but they're bloody worth it in my opinion. Yeah, it happens to all of us guys. So if you need to reach out and the membership is really handy for this like you talk to other people in your area and talk to people that have gone through it before because talking to other people about these sort of things is where you can really get some support and and feel better about it all or yeah, coaching the, you know as well yeah it, it, this stuff but but i want to give the listeners a, a bit of advice is this stuff doesn't have to um this stuff doesn't have to take years to do this process like a, a our program's three months to be able to get this restructuring done. And there's clients who are going from 1.4 to $2.5 million in the next 12 months. There's clients going from 1.5 to 4.5 in the next 12 months. There's guys who've gone from 1 million to 6 million. Like it's, it's once you get, once you get the right strategies and develop the right mindset and understand what to do, it's amazing what you can do, but you've, you've just got to, take that first step and actually execute here. So it's um, this, it, I, I said at the start, it takes time, but once you know what to do, it's actually quite easy. Cool, awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, I don't think so. I think sure. we've covered a fair bit off. We've, cool. uh, we've dug deep in a few areas, haven't we? Yeah, man, this has been awesome, full of gold. And uh, how can people get in touch with you if they wanna talk about coaching or just have a chat? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with me is, uh, well, first of all, you can check out my uh, website. It's uh, www.robcrop.com, R-O-B-K-R-O-P-P.com, or um, send me an email, rob at robcrop.com, or just give me a buzz on my mobile is uh, 0417-704-467, and uh, make sure it's in business hours because I've yeah. got my productivity under control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you prioritise properly. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, give me a buzz, reach out, and, um, and and I think I'm in the members area anyway. So um, um, if you've got any questions, just tag me. And, uh, and if you've got any questions from this podcast, please do reach out. And, and I'm happy to give you some more advice around the three Ps if there's anything you want further clarification on. So Cool. Yep. And members of the Academy can just ask questions below. This video is posted in the membership area. If you're not a member, go ahead and sign up. It's worth it. But anyway, thank you for your time, Rob. Really appreciate it. 
and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. It's been great. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. No worries, man. No worries, man. Have a good one. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. Just a reminder, use the promo code P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast, all in capital letters, at checkout at the Electrician Success Academy to get a lifetime 10% off for being one of our awesome listeners here at the Electrician Success Podcast. Anyway, have a fantastic day. I hope you're crushing it out there and I'll see you in the next episode.